everyone. Thanks for taking time to stop by the campfire. I'm your host, Cole Kelly. As we enter the holiday season here in the U.S. and around the world, I wanted to take a bit of time to explore, for lack of a better term, religious camps. This week and next week, I'll be talking with good friends in the Jewish and Christian camping worlds. I don't know anyone yet who runs summer camps and other religious traditions, but I'm hopeful to meet them soon. Hanukkah has just ended, which means we'll start with our friends in the Jewish tradition. For those of you who don't know much about the summer camp world, there are a lot of Jewish summer camps, particularly in the Northeast. I've worked with Jewish families and alongside Jewish camping professionals for over 20 years, and they are amazing people. However, I've never really known a lot about the Jewish camps and the reason for being. So I've got a few ideas, of course, but I wanted to get an expert to tell me more. Thankfully, my neighbor across the lake, Jeff Braverman, was happy to help. The director of Camp Nesher since its founding in 1996 and a person who's serving as the associate director for the NJY Camps organization, Jeff has a deep well of knowledge to share. And because he's a friend, Jeff is really patient with me with my inexperienced questions. I hope you'll enjoy this short dive into the wonderful world of Jewish summer camps with my friend and neighbor, Jeff Braverman. Jeff Braverman, neighbor, how you doing, man? Hello, Cole. I'm doing great. So good to see you. What a treat for me in November to see my friend Cole. <laughs> well, it's funny, you know, we, we've worked uh, right next to each other for, gosh, now, I've been there for 14 years. Uh, you've been there longer th- than I have. Um, but we rarely get to see each other because we're too busy running camp. Yeah, no, this is great. I uh, I, I got to see at a, at a meeting, uh, you hosted something the other week. And, That's right. And that was a pleasure. And I'm embarrassed to say, but for the first time, I'm, I'm actually heading into year 27. I'd never been inside Camp Wequayic beyond your <laughs> guard booth when you were kind enough to help uh, – Help a child of mine who had fallen off his bike, and yep, you guys were yep. helping us out. So uh, it was it was awesome. Camp so beautiful. So well, thank beautiful. you, thank you. Uh, it's it's great to be neighbors, and it's great to share a Fourth of July celebration that we do every year and, and everything else. But amen. You know, you're you're my guide today um, because around the campfire here, I've always wanted to learn more about really specifically Jewish camping. You know, we're. In the Northeast, where we're based, you have a big population of, of Jewish families that will send their children to camp. In the Southeast, it's a larger population of Christian families. In the West Coast, it's just West Coast people, you know, all over the map. Um, but I'm I'm intrigued. I want to learn more. And, and I know, you know, you are not kind of the quote unquote overall expert of Jewish camping, you know, but you've had so much deep experience for so long that I was kind of excited that you offered to be my guide today. So, so thank you for being around the campfire with me. Really my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank awesome. You. All right. So from your perspective, you know, you've been doing, you've been running Camp Nesher or been at Camp Nesher for 27 years. So I actually started the camp for New Jersey Y camps. I was hired to start uh, an Orthodox Jewish camp for this organization, which actually just celebrated a hundred years. Wow. Um, we just we just uh, this past summer celebrated 25 summers should have been 26 but we were a camp that did not open so in fact i personally am heading into my own year 27 uh so it's all complicated math but um <laughs> but i've i've been around a little while and uh was was privileged enough to start camp nesher uh, at this new jersey y camps site 
That is awesome. All right. So I guess kind of some definition of terms first for me, because I, I don't really know. What's the difference between an Orthodox Jewish camp, a Reformed Jewish camp, or, or other types? So um, camping, uh, summer camping, which I believe actually got its start somewhere around the Civil War time, actually. It had nothing to do uh-huh. with Jewish anything. It was... Uh, I think a guy named Gunn, Frederick Gunn, maybe started a started a a camping uh, a program for teens who were not old enough to either fight in the Civil War and just wanted to t- teach them certain things. I don't I don't know the full history, mm-hmm. but little by little it became this American thing. And what becomes American eventually becomes Jewish American. Jewish people generally turn to embrace it because you know most Jews. As, as, I, as I would assume, most cultures and religions embrace uh, in, embrace this country and embrace mm-hmm. what it has to offer. Mm-hmm. And maybe we take it and and we uh, we tweak it uh, to to, uh, you know, you know, to something that is um, that is uh, interesting or fun or available or permitted to us within our religious uh, within the constraints of, of our own religious practices. Mm-hmm. So. You have your private Jewish camps, uh, you know, private owners, uh, you know, which, you know, uh, private camp ownership, which you're you're very familiar with. And then you have these movement camps that have different, um, you know, with different religious or cultural uh, 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 traditions to them. So I happen to be orthodox or now, you know, as we cut things down and we put it in, try to put it in neat little packages, modern, more modern orthodox. Uh, we follow in the traditions of the Old Testament and uh, uh, the written law, the oral law, the Talmud, um, you know, for those who may or may not be familiar with these, uh, you know, these words, mm-hmm. um, you know, Judaism, you know, we go way back, this religion of ours. And <laughs> yes, so <laughs> we we take it and uh, we embrace it in a certain way within within the, the context of, of our religious practice. Conservative Judaism, which is another sect within Judaism which is, I guess, would be, you know, a a different commentary and and translation of of how to follow. They follow, they have a a, a family of camps called the Ramah camps Mm -hmm. that runs out of the United Synagogue organization. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you have the Reform camps, which follow in the traditions of Reform Judaism. Uh, You, Cole, became familiar uh, last summer when, uh, two summers ago, when many Mm -hmm. camps were closed and we had many of the Hasidic sect camps came in Hasidic sects. So that's more of a, you know, it's a stricter, more fervent view, um, uh, which still certainly embraces America, but embraces it in a different way, Mm -hmm. different maybe than modern orthodoxy embraces Mm -hmm. it. I don't know if this is answering your question or not, but I'm doing my best to kind of cover a lot of ground in in a minute or two. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So I guess what, for you, I mean, so let's just stop rather than talking about the Ramah or the Hasidic or what, from, from your standpoint, what does mo- modern Orthodox mean? Like for, for the kids at your camp? What it means is that we are, we are embracing uh, the religious teachings, the, uh, the Bible, uh, the, the Hebrew word for the Bible, we say the Torah. The Torah mm-hmm. is the Hebrew word for, for Bible. And, um, you know, the five books of Moses specifically, uh, the prophets, um, 
and then writings like Psalms. Um, we embrace that. We that that's our written that's the written law, and then we have something called the oral law, which basically is a lot of commentary and and teachings from rabbis way back in the days when uh, when the Jewish people had had uh, lived in uh, in the land of Israel and had the temples, and they kind of codified this this oral teaching from generation to generation because no one wrote. There was no printing uh, press back then. And eventually it got codified and, and it got written down. We follow this, but we do it with a modern twist. Uh, we, we, you know, men, men uh, are required to cover their, their heads. Mm-hmm. So I cover my head mm-hmm. with a yarmulke. This is my head covering, a little design, a little smaller. There are others who cover their head with big black hats or big right. black yarmulkes mm-hmm. um, covering it, it. So I like this. It's a little bit more, you know, hopefully maybe it'll match with my shirt. <laughs> the fact that I'm wearing a colored, like a colored sh- short sleeve shirt. I wear jeans, things like that. I am more modern into the time. I'll listen to, I listen to Z100 or I'll listen to whatever music <laughs> I listen to. I am, I'm working a little bit more within, you know, uh, I'm embracing more modernity, mm-hmm. but doing it within the constraints of what I believe is acceptable uh, in, in our religious teachings. There are those who say, you know what, we don't want to be quite that modern. You know, the music we're going to listen to is only going to be music that has words with biblical text to it or, yeah. or in the Hebrew language or, uh, and we're going to wear clothes that are a little bit more, you know, just maybe white and black, just nothing too fancy. That's not the way we want to be a little bit more modest. They may call that. Everyone has their thing. So modern, we'll go see a movie. We'll, uh, you know, we'll, you know, you'll see, come to our camp and see kids in shorts and t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so we we kind of have a more a more modern feel to our orthodox practice. Got it. So you you've really you've got feet in both worlds. You you've got a foot in the modern world, and you've got a foot always focused on the the lessons and the laws and the rules of of the Torah. That's correct. And ultimately, what this reminds us of, and is meant to remind us of, that no matter where we're at, no matter how great camp's going, no matter how full we are, no matter how amazing. Just remember, there's something above you. You're mm-hmm. you're 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 not all that. You're not all that, Jeff. <laughs> just just chill out, man. There's some, there's 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 a God above that's that's kind of running the show here. And what this basically does is it it just acknowledges that. Got it. So speaking of which, you know, we we all went off those kind of troubling summer uh, eighteen months we all had in camping. You know, and I know you're not the expert on all of it, but what's your take right now on the state of, if, if you will, Jewish camping? Where, where is the, where are you guys at? Camps, I, I, everywhere I turn, I'm hearing about amazing summers. I'm hearing about uh, about camps. Uh, you know, kids had a great time, and and camps are are you know rebounding stronger than ever. Um, camps are filling faster. Mm. Um, my interpretation of that, certainly something I saw for, for ourselves at Camp Nesher, everyone was so happy to be out and back. When, you know, yeah. uh, you don't know what you got until it's gone. Uh, to quote <laughs> the famous philosophers of Chicago, the great group <laughs> Chicago. Um, you know, you know and, and kids came back and 
Um, you know, we certainly had our challenges. You no doubt had your challenges. We all did. But uh, there was a great feeling. And, and I think, um, you know, we're seeing, I think we're seeing that we're getting a return on that. We're getting, the, and the return is, um, uh, you know, we had a great summer last summer and, uh, and camping seems very strong. Unfortunately, not all camps made it out of that COVID time period. Financially couldn't, couldn't necessarily come bouncing back. You're familiar with, with one as I am mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and, and so sad and, and so difficult because ultimately we all care for each other and we only ultimately want each other's success. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, it, it was a reality and there are several camps like that, but the camps that managed to get through, I think came out really strong. And, and I, I, I will say, uh, hopefully not trepidatiously, uh, the state of the union is is good, my friend. The state of the union is good. <laughs> now, well, now we got to take it and run with it, and we got to keep doing a great job. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, sometimes a, a crisis can you know reveal character, um, and so many of the the wonderful camps, at least in our area, were were able to weather that crisis and come forward and focus really, you know, on the kids and the experience that that, that they have, and because of that really came through it, you know, beautifully now um, and looking to a much brighter future. What, what do you feel like from, you know, if you'll speak to it from, from your camper standpoint, you know, at the, the modern Orthodox experience, what did they get out of that experience um, rather than going to like the, the local sports camp or, or even to a camp like mine, which is you know, more quote unquote secular. I'm sorry. So the question is, what did, what do your kids get out of the, experience of going to a modern Orthodox. Ah, okay. Um, so I think actually uh, more than I think I'm, I'm pretty sure that when, so there are two pieces of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Our, our camp, first of all, is a, uh, so we're an, an Orthodox Jewish camp and we're also a nonprofit camp. Mm-hmm. So there are two pieces to that puzzle. Um, you know, that, that will differentiate us, let's say from, from a camp like, like Wequayic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I think, you know, so parents, parents make a decision, you know, there, there are two pieces to the puzzle. Piece number one is what, what complements our lifestyle as parents? What complements, you know, the, 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 the religious, um, and cultural traditions and values that we hold. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is from a value standpoint, Cole, I don't think our values, yours and mine, and yeah. I don't see, that's not really where differences lie. I think we all right. have wonderful values. Uh, and and um, uh, so this is no judgment on, on that. What mm-hmm. this is really more specifically geared to is that Torah, that Bible, that mm-hmm. we're going to send our child uh, uh, to you, uh, Jeff, at Camp Nesher, because we know you're going to give our child care and love and role models within this tradition that we are working so hard to keep up. Mm-hmm. Um, the counselors that they're going to be with are counselors who understand uh, and, and know how to be role models in the prayers that we pray every day, three times a day, mm-hmm. or in the celebration of our Sabbath, our Shabbat, mm-hmm. um, or 
how we uh, how we uh, uh, will commemorate, and you you have become familiar with this certain fast days mm-hmm. that unfortunately fall out in the summer, um, fast days, and the rules and regulations within our uh, our Torah that that tell us how to follow it. And so a parent says, "We're entrusting you to a the values and important these human pieces." And at the same time, we're also entrusting you to be consistent with what hopefully our children are learning at home from their from their education uh, in school, but also from how we are educating them as parents. And, and you're going to partner with us for that. And, and that's really what they're looking for. The nonprofit piece comes into play um, you know, and it's funny because uh, there are some nonprofits <laughs> that run that don't look very different than for profits. I think right. for some reason, I don't I don't know why this is Cole. I don't know why the word nonprofit had to mean, you know, struggling for money all the time. <laughs> I think maybe that maybe it's a Latin word. Nonprofit, yeah. <laughs> you will struggle, you know, but but. You know, we're, we're constantly we're constantly uh, trying to do that. And I think maybe what that allows for. And again, um, this is not a commentary or a judgment. But the bottom line is, is that nonprofits are have the luxury of being more, you know, more honed in on their mission. There's a mission to it. Unfortunately or fortunately, in the world of, of a for profit you have to make a profit. You have to make a living. It, it, it's it's the way it is. It's uh, and and nonprofits are are no different. Uh, people, I make a salary, but my salary will be my salary whether they whether we have this amount of kids or that amount of kids. Right. Um, so parents, for whatever reason, maybe see value in in more of the mission based. Uh, uh, type of organizations. You know, I'm not sure necessarily that that's always so accurate, but that's, I think, how parents view it. Got it. Well, and coming back to the kids, I would think that being in an environment where you're having so much fun, you're at camp, you know, and you're playing and you're swimming and you're doing goofy stuff, you know, in the evenings. And yet you're also practicing the the rituals and observing the rules of your faith probably puts your faith in a more positive light, I would think, you know, because I, I would imagine most of the kids back home are, you know, who are uh, with observant Jewish families are going to Hebrew school on the weekends or going to Hebrew school during the week. And it's more about the the rote. It's more about the, I got to do this rather thing rather than as much fun. Whereas at camp, you get to celebrate the fun as well as the, the observance. Is, am, am I right on that? You are right. You are right. Uh, I would say 90 plus percent of our campers and over the course of the summer, Nesher has a little, probably over about a little over 500 campers that come through for one session or the other. Mm-hmm. 90 plus percent go to what's called Jewish day schools Okay. Um, they, uh, another term of that is yeshiva day schools, but mm-hmm. you know, in the more modern Orthodox world, we'll call it Jewish day schools, um, where, you know, it's a private school and they go and they spend their day in school does not end at two 30. Their day in school will run from, let's say eight 30 till four 30 or five o'clock. And if you're in high school it could be even six o'clock wow. because you're learning a complete du- dual curriculum. 
mm-hmm. uh, of Judaic studies combined with all of the social studies and, and just regular stuff any every child in public school learns. Yep. So so kids are kids are going through these motions, and as with everything in life, it it very often becomes just that going through the motions. Mm-hmm. And I, I will will say and it. I, I sh- I, maybe I should say it in a little bit of an embarrassed way, but but I'm not. It's just reality. There ain't nobody, Cole. Nobody. Nobody's doing cartwheels to go to prayer services. <laughs> nobody. And they're like, "Yeah, man, let's do it." No, they're not. And and nobody. You know, they're not doing cartwheels to fast on a fast day or to. You know, they're just. There are a lot of things like that. But there's a term that I like to use, and it's called happy Judaism. Okay. Happy Judaism. That instead of looking at all the things we can't do and we're not allowed to do, let's look at the things we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's try to make these things that are supposed to be meaningful, like a Shabbat. Okay, Shabbat has all kinds of constraints to it, in, in certainly in Orthodox observance. And so how can we take that and turn it into enjoyable? How can we take that and turn it into something that's more meaningful rather than just going through the motion? So you really you really hit the nail on the head as far as I'm concerned with with your with your opening, with your comment, uh, with this question. And camp allows for that because we have those kids 24 Mm seven and in school they may learn it. But in camp, they get to live it. And those are two, they're two very different things. You can't fault school for that. School, school. Right. Camp's a whole other animal, man. A whole other animal. Man, I just, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm getting a little chills right now because I, I think in the best camp situation, it, it does, a, it's a child focused community. You know, right? it's not about preparing you to be an adult. It's about the celebration of being a child and doing stuff together with other children. Um, and then with you guys, whether it's your camp or whether it's a lot of our neighbor camps in, in Wayne County or, you know, the UJR camps across the world, they're doing it kids get to be a kid and enjoy it, but also celebrate their culture and their beliefs. And that's that's a really awesome thing. I would imagine that that actually helps to cement or, or propagate or further the 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 observant Jewish population. Is that, has there been any studies on that? Or has there been anything that, that shows long-term kids who go to, you know, an Orthodox Jewish camp or a reformed Jewish camp stay more connected to their faith or to their synagogues or to their practices going forward? There have been, there've been mega studies uh, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, without having, having it in front of me, pretty much everything shows and proves that kids who have had the good fortune of going through um, uh, a, a, a camp that is uh, where they are entrenched and ensconced within that culture and within that following, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. end up with a, a much greater shot at leading a uh, Jewish participatory life rather than sitting on the sidelines. Yeah. Um, they lead a life of greater commitment. Um, and um, 
something I'll just throw in there. It's something so interesting to me. It's not, I don't have a, uh, I don't have stats for you, Cole. I I can only uh, work off of what I know. Camp Nesher, I believe in our now 25 summers that just passed, we have 31, I think, married couples that uh, 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 couples who have met throughout the years. Oh, that's so uh, cool. And (laughs) what I found most interesting is I don't know of any divorces. And so I started kind of to look around. The camp I grew up in actually is a camp we both know right down the block. It's called right. Camp Marasha. Oh, I, nice. I grew up in Marasha or Marasha is some, you know, more locally. Uh, I yeah. grew up, I went 50, for 15 summers. That was my place. And they, they're older than us. They've got many more married couples. I don't even know how many they have. <laughs> and I was speaking with someone there and there aren't very many there either as far as the f- families are, not only are they cemented in, in, in their Judaism, but the families have a greater, are cemented because the, the kids met at a time and in a place where they could probably see the best and sometimes the worst of each other. And they met in a place where they were growing together and learning. And that was a unbelievable foundation for what ultimately they would choose to make that ultimate relationship together. And I think that's an incredible thing. I just do. That's just awesome. Oh my gosh. That's, you know, we celebrate when we hear about, um, most of ours are right now counselors that have met, you know, because we've only been to Aquaic now for, I guess, 14 summers, you know, so, and you hear, I've heard a couple of campers that have have gotten married, which is just really cool. You know, they were uh, old campers when we got there and now, but mostly staff and it's such a cool experience. But, that's the, that, but Cole, that's the same thing. And, and I'm talking yeah, about both. I'm talking about camp. They could have met as campers and then they went out and, were, but it could be as counselors too. I, I'm not, I'm not differentiating between the two. Awesome. They met. So at Wequaic, they met and they were in that, the, the culture of that camp. And, and, uh, and, um, you know, I loved the room, in, uh, particularly your older building yep. kind of had an oval piece and it. it had names all around yep. of, of, of uh, I don't know if it was Hall of Famers or award winners, <laughs> whatever it is. And I looked at that and I said, why couldn't I think to do that? But it, it, it was it was such an be- amazing thing. And I stood in it and I felt like I was standing in the history of your camp, whether you were there or you weren't there. So right. obviously, you know, you, you, you have these couples that have have cemented themselves at at at, at as well and i think it's uh, it's it's just an interesting it's not, i have nothing scientific i can't right. prove it but i can only i only know from my own uh, my own standpoint so. yeah well you know hey we're we're camp people we don't deal with stats we deal with kids so that's all right. <laughs> um so one that's question sure. and i i didn't prepare you for this but i'd be interested in your perspective you know i think sure. there's Lately, there have been some challenges uh, for, for everyone, but I think particularly for, for Jewish camping. You know, I've, I've talked to a bunch of our friends and a bunch of our colleagues about what are they doing to provide a safe experience. What are the challenges facing, you know, men and women who run specifically Jewish camps? So, you know, someone, someone asked me, what keeps me up at night? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what keeps me up at night? And it's not that, it's not, it's not, um, 
you know, the safety and security, and we're talking right now about, I'm assuming the physical safety and security, you know, that's one piece. Recently, certainly. Yeah. What's that? That's one piece. Certainly. I mean, yeah. I mean, so it, it's, it's always been there. It's just a question of how it's been there and, mm-hmm. and how public it's been. Um, we had issues, we would have issues, uh, you know, again, I, I grew up in Camp Marasha, you know, mm-hmm. down the block, basically, you know, and um, there would be issues every now and then with, uh, with, with people who would, uh, would drive by or even drive through, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in certain uh, states of intoxication or, uh, and, and it would be scary. Um, when you pass Morishaw, there are actually some bunks that are right on, this, on the road of 247. Right. I, yeah. I spent a summer living in one of those. Kids don't live in those anymore. But right. in those yeah. days, all staff, you know, and, and it was really, you know, being being openly Jewish um, has always had its challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have uh, uh, anti-Semitism uh, really, you know, wherever wherever you go. And, um, you know, you, you challenge it and you face it head on. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, because it's so much more you know, there's so much more publicity attached to it. And there, these acts are brazen and more public. There is more of a demand for a, you know, putting up, putting up barriers and putting up guard booths and putting up walls and putting up fences. But, you know, unfortunately, if someone wants to do you harm, if they really want to do you harm, they're going to do, do you harm. And, um, you know, what, what you really just, need to do is constantly stay focused on on awareness on uh you know teaching teaching your kids and your staff uh you know if you see something come say something mm-hmm. um you and i have had brief conversations about those types of things as uh, yep. as neighbors uh you know across Definitely. the lake from each other you've actually uh, you know, you, you've uh, at, at times taken the bull by the horn and called me to give me, you know, a heads up. Hey, just letting you know, mm-hmm. this is this way. This is that way. Don't be alarmed. This is all, you know, and, and we don't have to go into detail what that particularly meant. But, yeah. you know, we put in a guard booth for the first time and it made me so sad. Mm-hmm. It made me so sad that that's where our resources are going. How silly. You could take those resources and mm-hmm. you, could, you could get another five kids into camp on scholarships. I could get another program going. Um, you know, I can uh, have another night of good fried chicken for dinner instead of, uh, you know, instead of the, the lapatties or whatever the, you know, right, right. I, I, you know, and, and it's, 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 it's something that, that is just sad. And I think every camp director every, and, and in, in, and, and uh, in the private world camp owners, you know, look at and understand that they, you know, we're doing the best we can to use resources from our government. No one feels good about that. No one feels good about having to put in an application and get this grant. Oh, wow. Congratulations. You've got a security grant from the great state of Pennsylvania. Like that's what we want our state of Pennsylvania to have to pay money towards. Right. And, uh, you know, and there's a congratulations attached to it. And, to me, it, it's just such a sad uh, commentary on where we are, but it's realistic. Um, you know, Cole, I'll, I'll just tell you, and I, I feel like I drone on and I apologize, but my mind, when it. you ask me these questions, <laughs> I remember I remember the summer after 9-11. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, 
COVID, COVID time kind of had that same feel. COVID time had more, none of, you know, there were other terrible terrorist events that, that occurred, but COVID time had that same scary feel of what's coming, what's next. And 9-11 happened right after a summer. So we had a whole, a whole year to kind of, happened in September. So we had a whole year to kind of, and I remember, you know, guard sheds were going up and, and fences were going up and no one, no one knew what to do with that. And I remember, and, Things kind of calmed down for a while. Um, they calmed down in the public eye, but right. um, but not then in ours, in, what? Not in ours, though. Yeah, and then and then in in recent years, things have started to pick up again, and we you know we just we have to respond in it to it just the best way we can, and uh, you know we will live our lives like everyone else and try to be good citizens and and uh, participatory citizens and. Uh, and we hope that ultimately good wins out and uh, and most people, the majority, step up and they say, we're, we're not going to stand for this for our fellow citizens. Right. Whatever their religion is, we're not right. going to stand for it. And we yeah. hope that that's ultimately, you know, what happens, uh, you know, that whether, whether it be here in Teaneck, New Jersey, where I live, whether it be in Athens, Georgia, or whether it be where the home we share in the summer yep. of uh, Lakewood, Pennsylvania. Well, and that's the beauty of America, isn't it? You know, that you get to celebrate and and practice your beliefs in a in a way that's going to be accepted and protected. Um, we hope so. We yeah, hope so. That that's the best of us. You know, and it's really interesting you know, talking with you know with you and, and and all of our colleagues in Wayne County that that focus on you know Jewish camping at, at different types. Um, I'm always struck with how serious everyone takes the security, the physical safety and security of our, of our campers and our staff members. But yet the kids and the staff really don't know as much. They don't, they don't recognize it as much because they're so focused on the camp experience, you know, the, the dropping of technology, the dropping of the walls, the dropping of the masks and just being who they are kids who want to go play and connect, you know, and that to me is, that to me is one of the most inspiring things about being in the profession that, that we're in is that I get to see these incredible professionals deal with all the stuff on the sides, but that it doesn't change the experience for the kids and their staff. That, that's a pretty awesome experience. It is. And, you know, when the day comes that that starts to shift, mm. uh, if the day comes, <clears throat> you know, it, it uh, you know, uh, we, Listen, we we had uh, you know we we went to an armed guard this this uh, this mm -hmm. summer, and you know, I mean, you, you mm -hmm. pass by for the first time, kids notice that, kids see that, but luckily, it has not, it hasn't carried over because these are also kids, and your children no different than my children. Cole, mm -hmm. kids are going through uh, through drills in their schools, intruder drills, and and locking down classrooms and closets doesn't matter what religion they're in right they're going through they're going through that in 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 schools and 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 that's just it's it's as much of a reality and could you imagine this as much of a reality as kids just all of a sudden having to wear masks in life right and just knowing but i mean you can share you can share this with uh, the feeling no doubt yeah. the day in in Wikwayik when you got the all clear on your testing oh, and you could man. tell kids and you could oh. tell kids 
You know, yeah, I felt like it was it was like uh, Ronald Reagan saying, Gorbachev, tear down that wall. That's right. And it was like, yes, kids, <laughs> take off those masks. And I don't know if you if you saw it, but it happened for us on a Shabbat night. It happened. It we is. got our last we got our last tests in right before we started Shabbat, because once Shabbat started, I would not have been able to get that information. Right. I don't use that kind of communication yep. on Shabbat. We got it. And I stood up. And uh, I said, guys, we've gotten the results in. Everyone, please remove your masks. And I thought immediately there'd be this like, elation. And kids, just, they all kind of looked at each other. And, and like, like some kids like took it off, but some kids just couldn't. They had yeah. to take it off. And the, the excitement built, it, it, it grew. It, like, it didn't just hit. Right. Grew like kids had to kind of live with it and process it. Yep. That yep. now for the next X amount of time, they're free. And that was an unbelievable, was an unbelievable moment that, um, uh, you know, I'm sure we all as, as heads of these organizations, we all had a moment like that. Yes. Yes. And it's a moment uh, I hope I, I never, I, I never allow myself to forget. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we had a the the best outdoor dance party you've ever seen around the flagpole when, when we got to announce that. That was a pretty awesome thing. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Fantastic. Well, hey, neighbor, it's been wonderful having you around the campfire. Thank you so much for for your Thank time you. and, and sit with me here on this this digital space. Um, I'm excited to get back up to camp with uh, with you and be able to do this physically at some point here pretty soon. Um, God willing. But, God willing, my friend. That's right. Yeah. Uh, well, have a wonderful rest of your year and uh, a wonderful you. Hanukkah season as it starts the next month um, and we'll we'll talk to you soon thank you so much be well have a blessed day and have a blessed rest of your year call really Thanks, thank you so so much appreciate it i'm so thankful for jeff he's a great neighbor a fantastic camp director and a wonderful teacher if you had the good experience of going to a jewish summer camp i hope these last few minutes around the campfire brought up some fun memories if you've never attended or wanted to learn more about, as I did, I hope these moments have been edifying. The work that Jeff and our friends and colleagues at Jewish summer camps around the country do to help keep the Jewish culture rich and thriving is an amazing thing. When you start to delve into the Jewish culture, which has literally lasted thousands of years, you start to realize how much you can learn. It doesn't matter what you believe in. There's a lot of good that can come out of the study of a tradition that has lasted so long. And I, for one think that's a study we should all undertake. Thanks for taking the time to listen. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I hope you'll leave a five-star review on whichever service you're using. The better the reviews, the more these ideas will spread. And please share it with a friend. Our campfire circle is big enough for everyone. Until we speak again, do good and be good. Thanks again to our friends at Scope for sponsoring the Campfire Conversation podcast. SCOPE stands for Summer Camp Opportunities Promote Education. They provide children from underserved communities with life-changing opportunities through the experience of summer camp. SCOPE campers benefit from a positive, safe, and healthy environment led by excellent role models who give them the chance to develop their full potential. We both believe that summer camp reinforces what children learn in school and enhances overall academic learning. If you would like to help give some wonderful children a life-changing experience, I hope you'll join me in supporting Scope. You can find them online at scopeusa.org and on social media 
at support scope.